Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630 The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and I'm the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find videos and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? We have a very special guest in the studio today, Maureen Molak, and we're going to be talking about cyberbullying. Um, if you guys remember and heard our podcast from last week, we talked about suicide, how to talk to your kids about suicide, and some, and some conversation starting talking points to get you so you can really talk to them if they say, what is suicide, or my friend committed suicide. We want you to be able to pour some truth into your kids about what that is. But today, we really want to zone in on cyberbullying, because if you remember correctly, um, we had a statistic that we shared last week. P- kids who are cyberbullied are two times more likely to commit suicide. So, Maureen, we're glad to have you here today. Why don't you give us a short introduction of who you are? Well, thanks, Mandy and Kim. I appreciate y'all having me this morning. Um, I'm uh, from San Antonio, and my husband, Matt, uh, we've been married for 30 years. And he is also from San Antonio, and we have, we have three boys, uh, Cliff, Chris and David is our child who is in heaven and we are um, we have formed David's Legacy Foundation after my son David died and as a family we are working to try to find uh, solutions and help schools with this issue of cyberbullying over the last um, year and a half we were working on legislation and were very successful in getting a law passed in my son's name called David's Law, which helps schools address the issue of cyberbullying. Awesome. And we want to dive into the, to the law and to everything that you have available through David's Legacy Foundation. Tell us a little bit about David and his mm-hmm. story and how this all came to bat, because he's a special young man. Yeah, he is a very special young man. David was 16 years old, and he was a sophomore in high school, and he was just like every other kid. He played on the basketball team. He was an Eagle Scout. He loved fantasy football. (laughs) He played Clash of Clans, (laughs) and he was a Whataburger fanatic. Uh, (laughs) It's his favorite place. Good taste. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, he became the victim of cyberbullying in the uh, fall semester of his sophomore year. And it had been going on for some time before we found out about it. He didn't share that with us. I think he felt like either we were going to take his phone away from him or, you know, we were going to, you know, restrict him in some way. Or he felt like he was going to be able to handle it himself. Mm. The night that we found out about it was there was an Instagram uh, post that occurred, and he became the subject of being attacked by a cyber mob what we call a cyber mob and there were kids that were making fun of his personal appearance um, threatening him telling him he shouldn't go to school saying things like put him in a body bag put him six feet under if I were David Molak I wouldn't go back to school can I see a fight he's going to get wrecked on and on and on. They were they they were making a lot of references to his personal appearance in um, comparing him to a monkey, oh my and saying things you know like ooh ooh ah ah his translator broke, 
um, it, David has AIDS and things like that. And mm-hmm. he came down into our room and he was he was just distraught and uh, just um, almost despondent. And I'd never seen him like that. And he said he was he was never going to be able to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that everybody hated him. And so I took screenshots and I went to the school. And the school, uh, even though they felt like it was a very serious incident, but because it happened after school hours, yeah. they pretty much felt like their hands were tied. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of lot of parents out there that believe, you know, the school day, uh, schools can only have jurisdiction during the school day. And yeah. what happens outside of the school hour, they don't want the school to be involved. Right. And, and I'll get back to that in a little bit about because some of that is, is what we thought about when we were um, working on the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so we um, worked with the school, and we moved David to the alternative school while I worked to get him into a private school because he was not going to go back to school there. Mm-hmm. He was too afraid to go to school there. Mm-hmm. And while we started digging into what had happened to him, we realized that this was not an isolated issue. Mm-hmm. That's when we found out it had been going on, and they had used other ways, and there were many more kids involved. They had used regular text, videos, uh, DMs probably. Yeah, yeah. they used um, after school, lots of different social media apps, Facebook. So it wasn't just Instagram. Mm-hmm. It was several different other social media. And, and really, and there was actually the, the physical that went along with it. I mean, kids would take screenshots and walk up to them at school and show them the screenshots. Wow. So, you know, there was just a lot of different ways that they hit him. Mm-hmm. And so we moved him to a private school. And his mental health just plummeted at that mm-hmm. time, and it really created a serious mental health crisis in our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just with him, but for the rest of us, because you know, we hospitalized him, we sent him to counselors, he had doctors, therapists, and you know, he was on medication, and we just, nothing seemed to work. Yeah. And he spiraled out of control, and he took his life in January of 2016. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I don't know that I would be sitting here today if it wouldn't be for the this community of San Antonio and the people that I knew that were thinking about us, praying for us, lifting us up and carrying us through those months, those early months of the suffering. And it was at that point when we sort of the fog cleared a little bit that we realized that David's situation was not an isolated issue because we had so many other parents and kids reach out to us to tell us their similar stories yeah we knew that we just couldn't sit by we had to do something about it yeah well I first of all I want to say to you I think it's amazing that through all of this you're helping other families I I think that's just incredible and speaks to your integrity and character Um, and so thank you for what you're doing and all the hard work that you're doing you know the one thing that I take from your story is y'all are just a typical family you're like my family you're like the typical middle class stable Mm -hmm. mom and dad siblings Mm -hmm. family And what I want our listeners to know is this can happen to any of us. Absolutely right. And it is happening to many of us. Mm-hmm. It's already happening to our kids, mm-hmm. and they're suffering in silence. That's right. And, you know, what we really want to raise awareness is, is to talk early and often. You know, even before your kids get a phone, talk to them about if anybody's ever mean to you online, tell me immediately. 
do not ever be unkind to anyone online. Just, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. These are little great little nuggets that we can pour into our kids when they're three and four and five years old even, you know, before they get a, way before they get a phone. Right. One of the things that we tell students is, you know, think before you send. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? If it doesn't meet that criteria, Mm -hmm. then don't send it. It's not necessary. And a lot of people will say, well, it's a First Amendment right to say whatever it is that you feel or whatever you believe. Well, yeah, we do have a First Amendment right, and you can, but should you? Yeah. Well, and, and you can be you can disagree with someone and be nice about it. Absolutely. I mean, we our kids have got to learn this skill mm-hmm. because I think adults are failing at it miserably. I agree with you. Like Andy. if we disagree, we're fighting. How is this? We got to model this for our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I really saw it during the political election. I right. mean, it was. I was like, no wonder our kids are struggling with cyberbullying. We're doing this. Right. Like, we, it's okay to disagree, but we can love each other through it. Absolutely. Can, yeah. I think, you know, parents, kids are watching, and we're modeling for them, and we set the example. And when we choose to be unkind online, the kids are seeing that. Yeah. You know, Maureen, I know it's never it never gets easy to share a story so thank you for sharing yours I know that it will mean a lot to a lot of people as it already has and as you said going through this process and you you're trying to deal with it and you're trying to move forward as a family and you said the fog kind of lifted and at that point what did you feel compelled to do what did the Lord put on your heart and where does that bring us to today well Early on, uh, Senator Jose Menendez reached out to my family, and he was already working with another family here uh, with their son, who was the target of cyberbullying. He had cancer. This young boy had cancer, and his cyberbully would go and take pictures of his bald head and post it on another Facebook account with just horrible derogatory comments. They would say, you know, God made a mistake when he made you. Uh, Hitler was more loved than you. Uh, Why don't you kill yourself? And they were very prescriptive and told him how how he should kill himself. And so um, Senator Menendez and this family were already working on trying to figure out, was there anything they could do legislatively? Mm -hmm. And so it was at this time that David had passed and they reached out to us and said, would you like to join what we're doing here? Mm -hmm. And my husband and my sons were very involved with that early on. I was not able to be involved at that for my, it took me months to be able to even get off of my sofa and to be able to get through a day without being a complete wreck. And, once that fog did clear for me, I was able to join the effort. And, you know, a lot of people said, you know, that being able to hear from the mom, mm-hmm. because I was the one that was so involved in what was going on with him. Sure. And I saw what it did to him. Mm-hmm. And I saw what it did to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a mess through working with him through yes. all of this. Well, that's your baby. You kind of lose yeah. your faith in humanity. You when do. kids yeah. are doing this to your baby, and then yeah. you're trying to get help and moving schools. and, and Right. It, it was, was like a big tornado. It was. Yeah. I describe it just like that, that it was a tornado, and I couldn't move fast enough. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so they're working, working with Senator Menendez, and then you kind of stepped in to join the effort. Um, is that when you began the nonprofit? Well, the nonprofit um, actually started – 
pretty soon after David died, um, my oldest son is in medical school here in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and his med school, um, um, they, they they started a GoFundMe. Yes, yes. Um, and so they raised about $75,000 to work on this issue. And we took that money and we started the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so the money was sitting there and we were trying to figure out, okay, what – you know, what programs can we do? What can we do with this that we can help other schools? And that's when we started the nonprofit and realized that we knew that we wanted to concentrate on legislation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We wanted to work with schools and we mm-hmm. wanted to help educate about this issue and, uh, you know, teach kids that it's basically cool to be kind. Yeah. And then also to be able to help legally with cases that maybe um, needed some pro bono lawyers that could help with some issues with parents when they kind of hit a roadblock and you know the criminal uh, piece wasn't working the schools couldn't do anything about it then maybe they could step in and help and that's what we call the dbm project and i love that and you can find out more at davidslegacy.org right is that correct that's correct but just in a nutshell if for some reason your kid is being cyberbullied and you've tried all the avenues mm-hmm. and nothing is working you can contact these attorneys and for free they will look at your case and see if there's anything they can do to well, help your child that's exactly right that is a fantastic resource so that's called the dbm project DBM it stands project. for don't bully me uh, but is also my son david's initials david oh, bartlett molack my word yeah that's awesome. amazing yeah, so that's at davidslegacy.org um, you know, the other thing you're doing is the pledge right now, which I have a sticker on the back of my phone. I love this concept. Tell us about David's pledge. So the David's Law Anti-Cyberbullying Pledge, on, on one side of it, it's a sticker, and it says, um, you know, David's Law is is now, um, cyberbullying is a crime in Texas, and that you will take this pledge that I will never use my device as a weapon. Mm-hmm. And and then you can stick it on your phone or your computer or your iPad. And on the, the side that you can see, the sticker is actually the texting ellipsis bubble with the little red dots. And it just symbolizes sort of a time of waiting, mm-hmm. thinking before you send, mm-hmm. and just remembering that there there's a soul on the other side of every screen, and you never yeah. know what kind of a day or battle that person is fighting when you decide to say something mean. Right. And so we're just, we're using that as just a, a you know, an opportunity for kids to, to um, say the pledge and to be able to use that as a conversation tool. And really, there's a lot of kids that are talking about it out there from what I've heard. Yeah. And at schools, churches, if you want to get these stickers, they are also on the website davidslegacy.org and you can go there and they're free your foundation Mm -hmm. is underwriting this expense Um, your school can take the pledge your church whatever youth group whatever right Um, and it's a great reminder my teen looks at it on my phone all the time Um, and I like that it's the little comment you know waiting on that comment Um, it's a great reminder if you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is listener-supported. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through donations. To support our organization, go to www.nexttalk.org and click on Give. You know, I have this sticker also on oh. my phone. Um, my husband has one on his phone also. And one of the great things about the symbol that you've chosen is it's not so obvious that it 
requires people to ask. Right. Mm-hmm. So people ask me all the time. I set my phone down and they're like, what does that mean? And it gives me a chance to explain the sticker, talk about David and your foundation. So it was, it's just a great tool to educate people and also a reminder, you know, for me, right. um, everything that I write, everything that I say to take a minute, right. put it through that filter. Is this truly what I'm trying to communicate? Will this bless someone, encourage, yeah. or is it truth? Um, I really love that about your, what you're doing. We, we think it's a great conversation starter, it like is. you said, and I think it will grow. And we've sent out anywhere from one sticker to 12,000 stickers. Wow, awesome. So we've, uh, we've sent out, yeah, over 150,000 stickers I was going to say, didn't you just tell me you, yeah. you had to place an order for 100,000 more stickers? More, yes. <laughs> yeah. awesome. so, it's a great problem to have. It is a great problem to have. <laughs> so if I'm a principal or I'm a mom or I'm in charge of a mops group or any person at all, what do I do? If I Is it paperwork I need to fill out? What do I do when I go to the website? So on the website, there's just a form that you fill out. It mm-hmm. lets us know how many stickers you want and where you want them mailed. We've got just a few different colors that you can choose from, cool. and we'll send you that. We'll, uh, if you're at a school and you want a poster, we'll send you a poster as well. We're trying to give every school at least one poster. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that we've had entire school districts reach out, and they want, they're doing this as um, a group effort and having awesome. pledge events at their schools and sort of turning it almost into like a pep rally. Where everybody is just getting on board and taking the pledge and putting it on their phone. And if, you know, if a child chooses not to put it on their phone, that's okay. For me, personally, if they've taken that pledge and they're going to put it on their water bottle or their folder... I, you know, I'd love to see it on the phone, but it's okay. As yeah. long, the, the real meaning behind it is that they're going to think before they send. Yeah. yeah. Well, and didn't recently the mayor, you were on the steps of city council, right? Yes. And, and the city took the pledge They did. You. That had, was awesome. Yeah. Mayor Nirenberg and several uh, city council members took the pledge with us. Senator Menendez was with us, Chief McManus, and lots of other folks were down there taking the pledge. And so it was a great opportunity. It was sort of a pep rally on the steps. We live in a great community, and I love mm-hmm. seeing people rally around you and your family and, you know, just supporting you and your mission that you're trying to get out mm-hmm. to kids. I mean, to literally save kids' lives. Well, we certainly couldn't do that without the partners that we've had. We've had some amazing groups reach out to us and want to help support us by giving us services and pro bono uh, work and really just taken this to the next level. We would not be where we are today if it wouldn't be for those partners that we have out there. And you know, one of the things that we, you know, we really want to concentrate on is making a big impact in the state of Texas and then hopefully maybe taking this and nationally nationwide uh, everybody needs this absolutely and um my one of my personal goals is to really work in san antonio and just create a culture of kindness here in Mm -hmm. san antonio and then be able to work through other cities and have people be able to get on board and be able to say i want my city to be the kindest city in texas and then we can work on on texas being the kindest state in the nation i love that idea David is leaving behind a major legacy, which is really cool. He is. So I'm a mama sitting at home listening to your story and um, hearing about David's law. Maybe I even have a sticker. And maybe I've just kind of find out, found out that my child is being bullied. What would you say to that mama? I would say f- the first thing that you need to do is make sure that your child is safe and okay. And if 
they're not, then get them some counseling, get them some help, and work with the school. And I, and I think that schools, even before this law passed, I really do feel like schools really want to help with this yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. But it's pervasive, and there's only so many hours in a day, mm-hmm. and administrators and teachers are, are overworked, yeah. and they get very little funding. Yeah. And so, but they really do, their hearts are really good and they really do want to help make mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah. And so I think partnering with your school and working with your school and then, you know, if you need to take it, you know, if there needs to be some legal recourse, mm-hmm. reach out to an attorney, reach out to our foundation, reach out to the San Antonio Police Department or the Sheriff's Department mm-hmm. um, and, and be able to be your child's advocate clearly through all of this the most important thing is the safety of your child Mm -hmm. and making sure that the mental health of that child is being addressed yeah i'm glad you said that because i have heard more than once a mom or a dad say it's it's probably not that big of a deal and i think we really have to change that mindset not sweep it under the rug not sweep it under the rug and we're also in a different day and age you know someone may be making a comment on the playground 20 years ago is very different than being bullied um, online. Right. It's the scope is so huge. We have to parent this differently. And so, like you're saying, keep your child safe. Recognize it as important. Take right. the steps necessary. Yeah. What we found is that um, what makes cyberbullying so different than physical bullying is that not only do the words themselves hurt, but the child's entire social circles circle sees those words Mm -hmm. the humiliation starts and then it gets shared over and over and over again and they know that and they live in constant fear and anxiety that Mm -hmm. it could resurface at any moment Mm -hmm. and that if it's screenshotted it's out there forever well and it doesn't end you know you go home at the end of your school day and they can be sitting across from you at the kitchen island and they're being cyberbullied right in your kitchen that's right 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 there in front of you and so it's relentless it never ends that's right yeah um tell us a little bit we only got a few minutes left and you there's so much valuable information that you have for us tell us a little bit about the law and exactly what it does so david's law there's three parts to it there's the education code there's the civil uh, remedies and practice and the criminal code so on the education code what is what the, the most important important parts of that are with a cyberbullying incident, it follows a child off campus. And that was one of the, the main things for us that we wanted to have in the law. And, and it got confusing because how do you really, we're talking about the internet, how do you yeah. really know when mm-hmm. something occurs? Mm-hmm. We felt like schools could spend hours yeah. trying to just figure out when that actually occurred, yes. when they could just be addressing the issue. Because if you've got a hurting child yeah. or a child that doesn't want to go to school, mm-hmm. don't we owe it to that child to investigate what is happening and not spend so much time trying to figure out if it happened on campus or off campus? Right. Sure. So that's huge for for us to have that in there. And then a the couple of other things that are really important is that um, it requires school districts to have an, a way for students to anonymously report mm-hmm. uh, bullying incidents. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it gives administrators an option. It's not a mandate. It is an option to send an aggressor of very, very serious bullying to expel them or send them to disciplinary alternative school. 
And that is, like I said, that's for very serious bullying yeah. incidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we left it open. We left it for school districts to determine what their policy was going to be. We didn't tell them yeah. what that policy, we didn't tell them what the consequences needed to be. We just gave them the tools that they needed to be able to put a policy into place. There's a law sure. in place now that can back up what they're doing. Absolutely. Great. That's absolutely. Now, on the criminal side, we just did a little bit of updating to the harassment code, okay. and it is now a Class B misdemeanor. We worked on the language a little bit. It was kind of antiquated. It talked about pagers and fax machines. <laughs> we had it include social media. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it is a Class B misdemeanor to cyberbully um, a student, a minor, and then it can be uh, ratcheted up to a Class A misdemeanor if there is suicide baiting involved and that child acts on it. And then there's a couple of other things that that, uh, ratchet up to a Class A. again, giving authorities laws to be able to do something in the event of a severe situation like with David. We did. We worked with principals, uh, superintendents, lawmakers, DAs, lawyers, mental health providers on this bill. We tried to reach out to anybody who would have a state in this law and get their feedback on this. The last little piece about David's law is the civil side of it. And this is was really an important piece because this gives parents an opportunity to be able to get an injunction against a cyber bully mm. if their child is is the victim without using an attorney. And so the forms are going to be up on the website, Wonderful. on the, the attorney Great. general's website. Um, and they're going to be in both English and Spanish. So that takes some of the red tape out of it. Where and, you and can just protect your child easy, more easily. You can protect your child. They're going to make it a lot easier for parents awesome. and be able to do it without uh, having to use an attorney. Maureen, awesome. the work you have done is incredible. Wow. Incredible. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for David's Law. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's great you. to be with you all. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find videos and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Thank you.